Welcome, Phoenix fans, to episode 21 of The Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leiner. I'll be doing the color commentary for the Philadelphia Phoenix on AUDL.TV once the season starts. I'm joined by my regular partner in crime, Alexander Shaggy Shragus. Alexander Shaggy Shragus. Shaggy, how you doing? I'm doing great. This has been a great day. Uh, my girlfriend and I spent the whole, get, whole day playing games, and then I got to call you guys. So it was perfect. I got called back into work, so I've been working. That sounds good, too. Um, it would have been fun if I was working. <laughs> Uh, I, I know I know a lot of people like wish they were working, and I'm grateful to have grateful to have the job. But uh, things are so different now out there, man. I mean, it's uh, it's really um, it's like a ghost town driving around. Even like nine o'clock in the morning when traffic would be pretty thick on Lancaster Avenue out here in the main line of Philadelphia, uh, uh, there's no one on the roads, and it's a little it's a little creepy. Little ears. Yeah, I think you're the only person who I've ever heard have a complaining tone about having no traffic. Well, I mean, I I can complain about all kinds of different things, Shaggy. You know that about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the stimulus check's going to come, and I'm going to complain about that. I'm telling you. <laughs> but no, it, it's not that I'm complaining that there's a lack of traffic. I'm complaining that it's eerie. And that it's a shame that people are forced into their houses for this long the way that they have been. You know what I mean? Like, how are you handling the quarantine? Um, pretty great. I am now producing two podcasts a week, whereas before I was producing no podcast a week. That's been pretty fun. I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I would, but uh, I like it. I am working on repainting a room, so chipping paint off the wall for that. I'm learning Japanese. I play a lot of games. I... Uh, Hmm, what else? I've been playing a lot of uh, Magic the Gathering on the computer. That's pretty fun. So my days are pretty full. I managed to slide seamlessly into uh, leisure after being <laughs> furloughed. Well, you're really making the most of your time. Say something in Japanese. Uh, well, now that I'm on the spot, um, that's tough. But Neko is cat. Neko's cat. Dude, that's a word. That's not like a sentence, man. Uh, Alex uh, Dace. That means, uh, how are you? I'm Alex. Oh, there you go, buddy. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, konnichiwa. Nice. That's a word, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, I know a little Japanese. <laughs> actually, my best friend from high school lives in Japan. To be honest, that's actually a true story. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. Shout out to yeah. my buddy Jay Tomes over there. He played Ultimate at UPenn. He was the guy that taught me how to lay out, actually. He took me, we were at Edsley one day, and uh, he, he grabbed a hold of me, and he goes, you don't lay out. He goes, this is how you lay out, and he threw me to the ground. And and I was like, oh, I was like, oh that's not so terrible. So uh, I started laying out. It was pretty cool. So speaking of laying out, we are joined in this episode by defensive line cutter Colin Messino. Colin, thank you for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. All right, Colin, uh you started playing ultimate it says from uh you were you were band practice and you would you uh, you would you would you would play ultimate um off on the side for fun. Is that true? Yeah, we started uh probably since my freshman year of high school we would play like pick up frisbee, you know, not seven on seven, just like you know, could get to like twenty on twenty, just however many band kids wanted to play. 
Um, and we started doing that. And then come our senior year, my senior year of high school, our high school friends slash band friends made a team called the men. We didn't run offense. We didn't have strategy. Um, but we made states our senior year of high school. So that was cool. We even still wear our jerseys every Thursday. We call it Frisbee Jersey Thursdays. So, yeah, that's how I started. So you still wear your high school Frisbee jersey uh, every Thursday afternoon? Yep, me and a bunch of other kids, too. We all try right. at least. All right, all right. That's a, that's a pretty cool uh, uh, tradition that you guys have. I mean, yeah. did that start anywhere in particular? Uh, I, was just, I just started back in high school, and we've kept it going for uh, eight years now. I mean that shirt's gotta be uh it's gotta be a little faded. Maybe have a hole maybe have a hole in it or two from uh from Yeah. Seen better days but still alive. What instrument did you play in the in band? Um, I played trombone. So I played uh I was in marching band. That was like my main hobby in high school, I guess. I played that more than I played sports. I played um baseball and then a little bit of soccer throughout high school but Mostly just was in marching band, played trombone, and then I played trombone in two in pep bands at in uh, at Penn State before I got back into frisbee. All right, so you play you so you play ultimate in high school, mm-hmm. right? You go to states your senior year. You yeah. please tell me you ran an offense in, at states. No, we we kind of ran a host stack just to have three handlers back because we wanted three players back, but. Um, you know, we, we chuckled when people would say like stack on me for a vert stack and stuff. Cause we didn't know what that meant. We didn't know what fouls were, didn't know what calls were. So we just kind of ran around. We were, um, I don't know. We, we played well, but we, uh, when we faced the teams like Laura Mary and Radner, um, they kind of beat up on us, but we could beat the, I guess the lower half of state's teams with those were good games for us. That must mean you guys were pretty athletic. I guess so, for a bunch of band kids who just picked up Frisbee, yeah. We were, we were pretty athletic. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many people that are, were, were that play Ultimate used to be in, in, in the band. And in yeah, the there are a lot. You make a, you make a concert band out of us. Well, I'm, I'm, you can make a concert band, but I'm also wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering how many of those band practice people we're like, you know what? I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play ultimate frisbee, and it's gonna be nice and easy, and I can put that on my college application too that I was on the <laughs> ultimate team. But then they run into coaches like me that are like, we're gonna win, we're gonna, win. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're, yeah. we're running, we're running today, and uh, <laughs> and all that other kind of stuff. But uh, down now, Downingtown East, they um, that that was your high school. They qualified to that regional tournament in Central PA that year, and I believe you guys won that region. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got a. I think we got a big pitchfork as our like trophy. Oh well, there you go. I mean, you said, yeah. it's good to know that Downtown East has an ultimate trophy case in the school. Because <laughs> now, I, the reason I know that though, Colin, is because I I was a coach at Radnor for a long time, and. Uh, we would go to states, and we every time there would be a new team there, we would be wondering how good they would be coming out of whatever region they were in because they were an unknown. 
You know, if I remember. I think we gave Radner a good game. You did. Yeah, you definitely did. And uh, <laughs> we were wondering what was going on because, as uh, like Coach Nacho and I were sitting there watching what was happening, we were sitting there wondering what kind of offense are they running? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't any. It wasn't an offense. That, that was a true. <laughs> Actually, um, I handled in high school. I like had shin splints and just bad legs my senior year of high school. So I would just um, get on the field, throw my only throw is kind of a backhand huck. I would just throw that to uh, our deep cutters. And sometimes it worked. Worked against Radner, I guess. No, no, no. You'd be so <laughs> Archbishop Carroll had the same strategy against uh, against Radner as well, where they would just put it up and and hope for the best. And more often than not, they were successful. And mm-hmm. we didn't know we didn't know why, you know. But uh, you know, it, it is it, it is what it is. And uh, you know what I mean. You, the kudos to you guys for for getting as far as you did. Yeah. You know, so then you uh, so then you went on to Penn State, and you said you were in the band at Penn State, right? Yeah, I um, I played in the bands for two years before, um, and then I quit that, and then did like participated in Don for two years pretty heavily, and then which is like the um, raising money for kids with pediatric cancer. Yeah, and then uh, my senior year. I decided I wanted to change and try it out for the frisbee team. And here I am. So you didn't play <laughs> you didn't play ultimate at Penn State until your senior year, and it was just My the senior year, yeah. Okay. Yep. How much playing did you manage to fit in there then? If you only had that one year, um, I played O line my like the year I played. So I I, I played a lot. Yeah. I distinctly remember not liking uh, playing Penn State at all. I have heard from people didn't like playing Penn State. I don't know why. I think they're all nice guys. <laughs> no, <Better. that's> Colin, <laughs> Penn, Penn State has one of the one of the bigger stadiums in all of college football. Were uh-huh. you were you in in the band that would play at halftime of the and, and before the games of the college of the college? No, game? I um I actually well I tried out for that and didn't make it, but I ended up being in the Penn State women's volleyball pet band, which when I was there won, I think they won two national titles. That was a dedicated band, the women's volleyball pet band? Yeah, it was called like the Fall Athletic Band, and we would play for pretty much just the Penn State women's volleyball team, and then we would do like one or two basketball games in the fall. Wow. And then a different band would do the basketball games in the spring. And well, then the blue band was like a completely different thing. Women, women's volleyball is no joke at Penn State. I mean, they're really no. good. Yeah, it's awesome. Super entertaining too. I would say volleyball is one of my favorite sports to watch. If uh, professional frisbee doesn't pan out, I may try my <laughs> hand at talking about professional volleyball. It's super cool. Yeah. I like volleyball in the Olympics. Like beach volleyball? Well, the beach volleyball and the um, in the uh, when they have it indoors. Oh sure, okay. I mean, I like I like both the uh, both. Uh, I think volleyball is a cool sport. So, Colin, uh, what are what are you what are you doing during this quarantine? I mean, how are you passing the time? Um, so I think like Shaggy said, I'm playing a lot of video games. I'm still <laughs> working out, so I'm still conditioning and doing as much as I can at home. 
uh, and I'm still going into work a couple times a week. And that's pretty much about it. There's not really much else to do. Are you going into work or are you working from home? Yeah, I'm going into work like three times a week and oh, then wow. working from home like two times a week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm out there to wear a mask You're starting Monday. Yeah, I guess so. As far as your working out is concerned, are you uh, are you doing the Greg Martin workout? Yeah, yeah, doing the, the stuff that Phoenix are putting out and then um, additionally just running. I used to... Uh, I try to run distance um, when I can, so when I'm not playing frisbee, it's a little easier to do that. What's the what's the longest you've ever ran? Um, I've done three half marathons, so that's it. That's it. I, have, I can't go too much more than that. It hurts too much. I bet I bet it does. What's the worst and best parts about the uh, Greg Martin workout for you? Like, what is the uh, what's what's the most excruciating part, and what's the uh, what's the most fun part for you the most excruciating part is probably the next day when you're super sore remember the first day i think he sent out the workout we had practice the following day or the following like two days afterwards and we were like doing our warm-up squats or whatever and everyone's just like moaning on the sideline because (laughs) it's a a hard workout um that's also like the good part is that you know, it feels like you're getting something a lot out of it because you're feeling it the next couple of days. I, uh, we, were, we were talking as a team, and Hampson was saying that just the the we just need to be in shape out of out of the uh, quarantine. So if everyone's keeping up with their workouts, that's you know it's going to give us an advantage. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot on this one. Uh, do you think the AUDL season will happen? Uh oh. Um, I you're the first, think it, you're the first player that we're asking this of. <laughs> um, I think it will happen in some some shape, way, or form. Um, I don't know. I don't think they will um, push it back, like push the end date back too much further, because it would interfere with club and a lot of players play club, but. I think um, I think they're going to try to get something in, but I don't know. I don't have too much detail on it. What do you guys think? I think it's likely to happen, um, but with the start date pushed back to maybe the end of May or the beginning of June, um, we're not attracting crowds that put us in violation of where guidelines look like they're heading. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not – I mean, if we – if we have to start turning people away from the stadium because we're getting six, 700 people per game, then I'd be willing to do that. You know what I mean? To us. Yeah. But that's, we're not there. So if you're able to more easily test players, then I think uh, we could definitely see us playing. If it continues to be like it is now where it's really difficult to um, get a test for regular people, then maybe not. But, I think we're headed to like a late May, early June start date. What would you What would you guys think if it if it, it all came down to it? If the uh, if the if the AEDL had a one weekend tournament, and what if the NBA did the same thing? What if the NBA did the same thing? Like and had a tournament after they come back, and we wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, I think if if the AEDL did that, I think they would definitely have to um, expand the roster size. Um, 
because playing multiple games on those big fields with only 20 people is for multiple games in a row feels like a tournament uh, style. That'd be exhausting and super difficult. I That'd think be crazy, though. It, yeah, the NBA was even more intriguing to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> do you think the Phoenix would do well in that tournament compared to the regular season? Do you think it benefits or it does not benefit the Phoenix to be in that tournament setting? As exhausting as it would be. I think it benefits the Phoenix. I think where I, I guess Philly Ultimate's usually like a grinded out sort of city. Um, so, you know, maybe those tired legs grinding games for a tournament styled ADL season would kind of help us out. Uh, not to say that I think uh, if we just play a normal season, I think we have a good shot this year as well. As a as a USA Ultimate player, you're one of the few players that have uh, climbed each la- each rung of the ladder in the pop program. You played for Adelphi, <laughs> played for Patrol, but uh, so what what was what's the biggest difference between playing for Adelphos and playing for a team like Patrol? Besides besides the obvious, which is national aspiration. Well, Adelphos and was is definitely I think just like a developmental program for. Younger players, players in order to ultimate, like myself. And then I think my the biggest difference um, when I got to patrol was just the expectation level of, um, you know, commitment to the team and how organized everything was, um, was just like kind of mind-blowing to me um, to see how like which which is like what I loved is to see how serious everyone takes it and how like bought in everyone is to the program and stuff is, is like a huge takeaway for me. What made you skip citywide? Um Scotty Zhu was a good recruiter for Garden State, so I uh went to go play play over there. You mentioned that Scotty Zhu is one of your favorite ultimate players. Why is that? Yeah. Um, I've played with Scott for, like, I guess my first year playing the Phoenix, GSU, and then Phoenix last year, and then Patrol last year. Um, I just think he's a a great role model for me on the Frisbee field. He's always, like, uh, taking me aside and kind of coaching me up from a player perspective, um, which I always uh, I greatly appreciate. He's a He's a great friend off the field. He's hilarious, and I think he's like one of the most exciting players to watch, just because he's he like can abuse his matchups um, when he's playing offense and on defense. He like makes some great layouts and just works his ass off. So, yeah, got he. Now, he's a good piano player too, which uh, yeah, if memory serves. You are as well. Um, I don't know if I would say I'm a good piano player. Scotty, Scotty has his um, Thousand Mile song down. <laughs> what's the Thousand yeah. Mile song? Um, the what's the, what's the the artist? Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, Making my oh, way yeah. downtown, crossing fast, faces past, and I'm home now. Do, 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 do. Okay, all right. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Please don't sing anymore, Shag. We're we're already losing listeners. I thought that was great. <laughs> no, no, Thank no, you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, well done, Jag. Well done. Well done. 
did you happen to catch any of the AUDL on Fox Sports Two over the uh, over the past couple of days? Or uh, I did. I watched. Uh, I watched a little bit of the last year's championship game. Yeah. But I didn't want to watch New York win and win a game again. So and I I turned it off. <laughs> now, have you listened to the Burning Bird where we 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 lay out where the Phoenix they should have beat New York fourteen eleven. Uh, last I year, I didn't season. listen to the podcast, but I saw I saw the tweets and stuff about it. That oh, was a tough what, game. Yeah, what was it like? I was gonna say, what was it like living through that? Um, it was like I don't know. It was it was like uh, up and down because you just kept having to go to the locker room and stay mentally engaged, and it's hard to start and stop and start and stop over and over again. It's, it's like a, a draining game. From a mental standpoint, and then we we're we we're so close, and the it's hard to like. I remember, I didn't want to think this, but thinking like, oh, maybe the game will be called and we'll win. Like you obviously can't think that, but it's hard to to get that out of your head. Um, but it was never called, and then New York powered back. What What's the biggest game you've ever been in? Um, I think my my favorite game was definitely the away Toronto game. Um, I felt like we weren't given a shot. Because we had, we were missing a lot of our normal players. Um, so like I got the call up, and uh, a lot of other players got the call up to go to Toronto, which is like one of the hardest places to play. And we were kind of coast to coast in the lead the whole the, the entire game. So it was it was awesome. We just played yeah, like a great team together, um, defense on offense. Like we were just all clicking. Colin, I need to apologize to you on air. I was for those who don't know, I was the uh, honorary referee for tryouts, and I missed the call. <laughs> Colin got fouled in the end zone um, on a play that didn't really make him look bad, but, you know, if I had called the foul, there, it definitely would have made him look better. Uh, and <laughs> I don't remember seeing anything at all that was a foul, but I think you were right. It was super, super hard to be a ref in that game. I can only imagine how hard it is to ref on the field, and I'm sorry. I'm glad it didn't cost you a spot. No, yes, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I had to, I I apologize for raising my voice a little bit, but, you know, in the heat yeah. of the moment, I wanted to call Shaggy. Yeah, I, I think you were. You yelled with Shaggy? <laughs> a little bit. You definitely, yeah, no, that's, the day was jokingly, jokingly. Oh, you know, no, good, so no, good for you, Kyle. <laughs> give him, give him hell. I think it was 30-70, serious, 70% is yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it ended up right, not mattering. Yeah, let's try out. The other thing is that um, so there's a commune in um, Italy called Messino, and then right next door to that is a town called I can't pronounce it, but it's like Colonnegio, C O L I N E G G O. Have you ever been to uh, Colonnegio in the commune of Messino? No, but oh, my from some part in Italy, my dad's family is from. So maybe the Messino commune. Is is us? Who knows? Oh, from like you guys founded the commune, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that'd be but... pretty cool. My final question is: um, you mentioned on the Spirit of the Phoenix questionnaire that your favorite athlete is T.J. McConnell. Is he <laughs> is he still your favorite athlete now that he's not a Philly guy? I, that question, for some reason, was so hard for me to come up with an answer for. Um, I picked T.J. McConnell because. Uh, I loved watching him play when he was on the Sixers. He was like a – he worked his ass off. Um, 
you know, picked up full court and the whole shebang. Um, I don't know if he would be still be my favorite athlete. I definitely still follow him, but uh, it was just like a really hard question for me to answer for some reason because I, I don't know. I didn't want to, I don't know, Embiid was going through his whole like drama with the Sixers and Ben Simmons, the same thing. Um, so I picked TJ. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you were uh, mad you were you were mad at Ben and Joel for playing bad. So to yeah, pick, yeah. So 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 despite them, you picked T J McConnell as your favorite athlete just because they weren't playing well at the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Sixers okay. Sixers have been exhausting to watch, so Yes, they have. They've been very tough to watch. And uh, don't get Shaggy started on Ben Simmons. <laughs> I played a great game of 2K with Ben Simmons yesterday, so I'm back on the train. Okay, nice. all right. I've never, I've, I've never left the the train. Steve doesn't want me to start because <laughs> I won't stop about how much I enjoy Ben Simmons. I always like T.J. McConnell because I really feel like T.J. McConnell is as close. I I am as close to T.J. McConnell as I will ever be to a basketball player in terms <laughs> of like <laughs> physical acumen. But you have an inch on T.J. That's pretty good. You know, if you guys yeah. sit next to each other on the street, people would look at you before they looked at TJ. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, right. <laughs> Are you saying TJ McConnell's not a good-looking man, Shaggy? Uh, well, at best, I'd be saying. I mean, at worst, I'd be saying that Colin's better looking. But no, he's just he oh, doesn't wow. stand out. He's not a standout kind of individual. Such a high compliment. Thank you, Shaggy. You're welcome. <laughs> Colin, thank you for joining us here on another episode of The Burning Bird. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. No, no, no problem. Fun. And uh, good luck this year. I hope this quarantine ends soon so everybody can get back out there and get this season uh, started. For Alexander Shaggy Stragus, for Colin Messino, I'm Steve Leinert. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Missing that AUDL action? Well, head on over to Fox Sports 2 and catch some of the greatest games from league history each Wednesday at 5.30. I'll see you there. Welcome back, Phoenix fans, to another segment of The Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leiner, joined by Alexander Shaggy Stragus uh, still. Shaggy, thanks for coming back. Yeah, of course. What else would we and- do? So, uh, Shag, what do you do during the during these breaks? Do you uh, do you like go to the bathroom? What do you uh, like? What what is it that you do when we have these breaks and these segments? Well, this break, I'm a teacher, and we were having happy hour with all the teachers, and then randomly a student would call in. Uh, but I don't work at a grade school; I work at a preschool. So the students would calling in would be like a three year old on the phone that their parents put in front of them, laughing at a bunch of teachers. Um, so that was fun. And then I I came back here and got on the phone with you again. It was perfect. You know what I did? What did you do? I made I made my mom's famous banana cake. Oh, I, I ate a banana. It. You ate a banana. Well, that's good. But my, I made my mom's famous banana cake, and that's a uh, a uh, you know a, a big deal because uh, my my neighbors like that. So now I can dole out goodwill to the neighbors by giving them some banana cake, and in return I'll get food back. And one of my neighbors is Italian, and I love I love her lasagna. So I'm, like, I'm actually hoping to parlay this into, into some lasagna. Oh, sure. That's a classic uh, quarantine bargaining trade. Bargaining trade, and it goes well with my meatballs, Shag, as we talked about earlier on the Burning Bird. Yeah, well, I can't imagine what wouldn't go well with your meatballs. <laughs> 
We are joined in this segment by Matt Glazer, longtime offensive player for Philadelphia Ultimate in general. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. So, uh, Matt, you are a uh, a, a two time champion in professional ultimate frisbee <laughs> so you were in the first AUDL season you played for the spinners um what's it like to be a two-time champ I, you said two time and you I, I had to think for a second he's talking two times yeah, yeah that you was won, uh, you won with you won with AUDL with the spinners yeah right? yeah, yeah that's right right and then you went on to the MLU with the spinners and you won the MLU championship right that's right. That's right. Cap the spinners beginning and end with, with championships. Uh, it, it was, you know, listen, it was, I think anyone who you talk to who plays uh, pro these days um, always thinks fondly of an experience I never thought was possible. So it's been, it's been crazy. It's been fun. Um, and lots of fantastic memories I could have never imagined uh, would have been made playing ultimate. You, you've been here since the very beginning of the AUDL. Yep, that's right. All right, so like we're talking the very first tryout that the spinners had at, at Penn Field, um, where you, you were you were out there, I was out there, I was yeah. helping, I was I was helping to uh, the, the, like helping uh, Coach Jeff Snader determine who was going to be on the team and whatnot that year. So I was very very lucky to be there, and um, like even though you've only been in tryouts. What yep. what has the what is what's the biggest difference been between those first tryouts that you were you attended and the tryout that you went to to the to the Phoenix this particular season? You know, it's funny. We um, uh, a handful of us from that 2012 team for some reason had an email chain going around recently, recollecting memories about the the beginnings of that team, and that tryout specifically. It was like. I don't know if you remember, but it was like 25 degrees outside. It there was, was like crazy. a 20 mile per hour wind. It was like the absolute worst conditions you could possibly play in. And I'm notoriously, notoriously uh, bad in cold weather. My hands just lock up and I'm just like, I'm a total ice cube. So it was like, if there was ever an Everest for me, that was it. So <laughs> the weather was a significant difference. It was great being inside uh, with the Phoenix, but also just like, and you're with, you're with your 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 peers and frankly people your age and you've been playing with for a while back in 2012 and now coming in um you know I'm much older and I'm standing next to two kids that are literally half my age at 18 years old the youth in that tryout um for the Phoenix was was crazy just the the youth um in terms of the, the talent at the youth level was um has been totally different has been developed in a totally different way over the past god how long has it been six seven eight years so it's um really different scene. Ultimate has come a very long way in the time between that tryout and this tryout. I'm really glad to see that Philly has such a vibrant and young uh, scene. Well, since you brought up the uh, the young kids, uh, I, I was going to save this for later, but I think it might be apropos to bring it up now. Uh, <laughs> you you started playing 15 versus 15 at Haverford High School. Is that right? Yeah. It was I mean I don't know what the number was specifically but it was something like huge like that. It was it was just pick up, it was no rules. You you could catch stuff on the track or over, you know, past the field goal at the end zone. I, there was it was it was just large games with no rules, frankly because no one really knew how to play to begin with. Um but yeah, it was huge games on the uh, Hanford High School football field. 
So did that give like playing on a field like that? Did that give you an advantage in the to an AEDL field? <laughs> I don't you had think a, so. You had experience. <laughs> no, no, I'm only kidding. That was, that was a joke question. That was a joke question. I'm sorry. But what 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 is it? What isn't a joke question or, or a few of these? First off, you're uh, you might be the only player on the Phoenix that had kids. Uh, at this point, I think you're right. Um, you know. I think you're right. I think Trey might have been the last, but I don't. I don't know. I, honestly, I actually don't even know who the next oldest person is on the team. I think it's either Matt Esser or uh, Dustin Damiano. Yeah, that makes sense. I've been around with those guys for a long time, so that would feel right. What's it? What's it like playing with these young whippersnappers nowadays? It's great. I mean, honestly, I, I came back because first and foremost, I love the game, but I love to compete, and I was missing that uh, in a big way. And to to be challenged by a whole new crop players and frankly people that are just like kids that are just tireless really right they're just end, end, endless energy um, it really keeps me sharp and and pushes me to be the best player that I can be uh, at this point in my career so I I love it I, I love I love teaching individually not that I do a ton of it but um, I love doing it so I'm, it's it's a great new phase for me I think. Um, and a, a, a fresh look for my uh, for my competitive days. All right. Well, we we talked about how tryouts have changed uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, how how were, were they the same? Like, what what are some of the things that were that were still like you know what? Hey, this is still the AUDL, and this is still a professional ultimate here. Yeah, I, the level of play is still the same. People are people who are coming out are at at the highest level of play uh, in Philadelphia. And they're, they're guys that want to represent the city and want to play some really competitive high-level ultimate. Um, and that, that hasn't changed at all. So that's still there. The grit of the city is still there. I don't think that certainly doesn't really any, go anywhere, but it's, it's um, that the grit was still very present at those tryouts. Um, yeah, it's just the, the feel of it is it's still the same, you know, different different venue, different people, but same feel. I mean, the uh, the, the talent and the desire to play ultimate and represent the, the city of Philadelphia, um, you can see it in everyone who comes out to these trials. That's what they want to do. When when you do get on an AUDL field, what do you, what do you expect to be different? Because um, it's, it's been a few years since you played professional ultimate, right? Yeah, yeah, it has. I mean, listen, it's, it'll, I don't think it'll. For me, I don't think it'll take long, but it'll, it'll take a minute to get back up to game speed. I haven't played in a pro game, let alone a club game, since I don't know what we were just talking about, 16 or 2017 or so. So it's it's been some time. So I think it'll it'll take a second to get back up to speed, but I'm not I'm not too concerned about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really not sure what to expect. It's, it's, it's different teammates, uh, uh, different focus and philosophy. I mean, I, you know, I played how many years? Almost ten years with largely the same core group of players, um, and that none of that core is on this team. So it's, it's a completely different, uh, almost a completely different team for me. And so that's, that's the newest part, um, most exciting part, but most, most challenging part in terms of getting to know people from a playing perspective. All right. Well, when in the after the first year with the AUDL, when you went to uh, went through the you played in the Silver Dome, and won the uh, first AUDL championship. Uh, I believe what was that over the Indy Alley Cats? Yeah, it was the Indy Alley Cats. Brody Smith was playing on that team at that time. He was playing, I think, with like a sprained or 
half broken ankle or something, limping all over the field. Still what, the most dominant player on that field. What led to your decision to go with the spinners to the MLU instead of staying in the AUDL with the Phoenix initially there? You know, it was a decision where a lot of us sat down and, you know, I, I, I remember very distinctly, you know, Jeff came to um, a handful of us and said, listen, here's what I'm doing. Um, are you guys with this, like, you know, I'm going to step, I'm going to have to step into a different role. It's going to be a different look. Is this, you know, this is, I, I truly believe in this and this is what I want to do. I need you guys to think about it, but I'd love for you guys to be with me. It was something to that extent. I don't know what the exact words were, but it was, it was not, these weren't a bunch of individual decisions. It was, it was a, it was a group and, and team decision to kind of make that, to make that leap. Um, we had faith in what was started in the spinners and the AUDL. And we had faith and, and, you know, bought into the vision that uh, Jeff and Nick had uh, for the MLU. So, um, you know, it, it, it it might sound crude, but it wasn't for us that hard of a decision because we were, you know, we were all bought in to that being, yeah. that being our team. Uh, so it was a group, it was a team decision and, um, and it was, it was a big leap, but it was, um, you know, it was something that we were excited to do. All right. And then what, what made you want to come play for the Phoenix again, this particular season? What was it about the team that drew you, drew you back in? The, I like what I was talking about earlier, the youth and the, the, the talented youth on the team. Um, I, the, one of the reasons I, I stepped my toe into um, a different city for, for Masters was to play with new people. You know, I, I love the guys that I played with for, for the majority of my career. Um, but, you know, while you still have some, like, competitive ability left of you, which I think I do, um, you want to be able to experience new things and play with new players, different teams, different looks, different places. And so this is a great opportunity to do that and still play in my, my home city and represent my home city. So, you know, it was it, the, the timing felt right from a personal standpoint to be able to go back and play competitively and then to be able to do so with a completely new look and, and new guys and new leadership for, from my perspective. Um, really cool opportunity. Has it felt different at all from the first couple uh, years playing professional ultimate? No, I mean, it's, Different in that, um, different in that, I, you know, I have to get, get comfortable again, right? I know it's not like walking on the field and being able to just like, you know, it's not just day 5,062 of your, you know, next year career with the same guys and the same leadership and the same system and the same everything. So I have to get reacquainted and, and comfortable again. So it's different from that perspective. But other than that, it's it's the same level of competition, um, and desire and commitment and fitness, um, that's all there. That, that hasn't changed. So it's it's very much familiar from that perspective. You, you talk about that competitive ability and, and the fitness level that you have. Um, how are those Phoenix workouts been treating you? Are they harder to do for an older guy? <laughs> I, you know, the hardest thing to do, and it's really just the circumstances that we're all in right now, and I know that I'm not the only one feeling this, I'm such a, a routine-oriented guy when it comes to worry, working out, and, I, and it's such a good routine down before we all got locked inside of our houses. So it's been it's been harder to keep routine and and um, and get workouts in on a schedule that you know was just like easy to follow. That's been the most challenging thing, to be honest. The workouts are the workouts. Um, you know, it's just it's honestly just 
motivation and desire to get through it. Um, but the routine has been the most challenging thing most recently. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to a point in time where these restrictions get lifted and I get back into a routine where I can, you know, be more consistent and more predictable. So that's, it's been challenging, but, um, you know, it is what it is. We're all feeling it right now. All right. And, uh, have you, have you caught any of the, uh, new AUDL action on Fox sports two that just, uh, recently aired? I haven't, I have not. Um, I, I am looking forward to doing that and I'm trying to find a minute to do it, but, um, I, that's, I think it's a really cool partnership. I mean, to be able to get that sort of visibility nationally, uh, is huge. Um, those are the things that, that make those kinds of partnerships and sponsorships, um, and, and channels for distribution are the things that make or break, um, sports, um, at our, that professional sports that are our stage. So really exciting to see how that's out there and looking forward to catching some games. Can you just talk a minute about what it's like to play in front of um, a large Philadelphia crowd that's there to, like, watch Ultimate? Like, not only was the uh, MLU Championship well attended at Franklin Field, but the inaugural AUDL game at Franklin Field that the spinners held against, I believe it was the Connecticut Constitution. Man, you pointed to the two exact most memorable games of of, um, my professional career so far. That first game at Franklin Field and, you know, Cathartically, the last game at Franklin Field for the Spinners. Two huge crowds. Um, two, I mean, we all know that the the local Philly um, Ultimate scene is very dedicated to local Philly Ultimate. So everyone was just into it. And to have the opportunity to play in front of, what was the, the first game was, what, like 1,600 people? Yeah. Something like that. And the yeah. last one was like 2,000. It yeah. was just unreal. I was the first one. Um, they were going to start the game and we were standing at the uh, tunnel waiting to come on the field. And they were like, guys, we got to hold up. There's still a line of people trying to get in and no one had, you know, the expectation. I don't know if anyone had any expectations. I think people would have been happy to just have a couple hundred people show up, but no one really had any idea what was going to happen, at least from a player's perspective. No one had no clue what was going to happen. And so when they said that, and we just like peeked around the corner and the stands were just filling up, it was, it was unreal. And then to run out to that, and that was by far the most memorable um, point in time in my career. And then certainly that last game, same sort of thing, fast forward four years, and, and now it's in a much more meaningful game than the first one was. Um, yeah, unreal. Really excited to be able to do that again. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's part of the, the allure and the, the, the desire to play professional ultimate, be able to play in front of your, your city and other people's cities too, just playing in front of a crowd. I mean, we're all used to playing in front of our, our friends and family at best, uh, but to play in front of a crowd, I mean, that's any kid's dream when it comes to playing uh, sports. You're a big fan of Brian Dawkins and Allen Iverson. And, <laughs> and the, uh, are, those were your favorite athletes. Um, mine too. I'm with you. Uh, but I'm wondering how many guys on the team have, uh, have even were able to watch Brian Dawkins or Allen Iverson play in their heyday. <laughs> I know, I know K-Dub was able to do that. Uh, yeah, it, listen, these guys, it's that the, your favorite athlete question is such a tough question to answer, but those are two guys that just wear this, this city on their – well, first of all, they wear the game they play on their sleeve, but, you know, right there with it, they wear this city on their sleeve. The, the, the time when Allen Iverson came back in a Nuggets uniform, the first time that he was back at the Wells Fargo Center – and he got that like two minute standing ovation. I mean, that was one of the most um, 
hair raising in a good way moments that I can remember in sports. I mean, that just like made, made, uh, made the hair on my arm stand up. So I, those are guys that are truly treasured by the city and for all the right reasons. So yeah, those, those are definitely guys I, I look up to from a, from a Philly sports perspective. And then the, la- the last question from me is, uh, I know you were a former amp player. Um, yeah. what's it, what's it like to watch them have their success now? It's great. I mean, to see where, I mean, just, just Patrick alone, where he's taken that team from, I forget when he became captain. If it was like an 06 thing or an 07 or 08 thing, uh, he certainly was by the time that um, I was playing in 2008. But to see where he's taken that program and built it so steadily and so consistently um, from that point forward, um, pretty unreal. So it's it's great to see um, that program have so much success uh, these days, and, and, and I hope that continues for, for many years to come. I know it's such a desirable spot for a lot of the young talent in our city to land. Matt, how old are your kids? Uh, the oldest will be, oh, man, she'll be four in September. And then the youngest is nine months, ten months. I can't remember which. Uh, somewhere in there between nine and ten months. Has your oldest uh, picked up a frisbee yet, or you're waiting for her to? I have one of those J-Stars. She's tried. It's, I would recommend taking a couple steps back because you're not really sure where it's going to go. Um, she's just getting into sports and activities and stuff. So who who knows? I'll certainly support her if she wants to do that. Um, but I'm to be determined if she can actually throw it yet. Sure. I'm a preschool teacher and I've definitely gotten more hurt from, uh, the three-year-olds throwing a frisbee than I ever had from an adult. (laughs) It's it's terrifying. It's like, it's a paralyzing moment because you just have no idea what's going to happen because it's like holding in a wind up and then just sits there for a minute and you're not sure if it's going to come up fast, slow, up, down, left, right. <laughs> so uh, when, I, when I've when i watched you play, and granted, I mean, I've only watched you play at tryouts and at, you know, maybe the one practice uh, that I was at, but you were sort of, I thought that you were you were fairly athletic, uh, but you seemed to be like a, a right place at the right time kind of cutter. And I was wondering how you managed to do that, and also if that helps you at all um, when your children are throwing the disc at you. <laughs> right place at the right time seems to only apply to ultimate. I'm not sure if it's applied to any other part of my life just yet. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I guess I, I honestly don't know how that happens. Um, I, I I agree with you. I I think that's that's where I feel like I excel. I mean, I definitely. The, the number of times I can bank on myself either outrunning or outmuscling, which has never been the case for me, someone else, it's, it's very limited. So, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just years of playing the game. And, and honestly, it's, it's it's years of playing the game with, with the right people. Um, it's easy to be in the right place at the right time when you play with such talented players growing up and more easy when you kind of know what they're going to do. So being able to try and translate that kind of knack on this team um, it's been a it's been a fun challenge, but yeah, I think that's where I can be most helpful for the team, to be honest. Very cool. Phoenix fans, thank you for joining us for another segment of the Burning Birds. Thank you to Alexander Shaggy Stragus for your help for this segment, and thank you very much to Matt Glazer for joining us. Matt, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, for Matt Glazer, for Shaggy, I'm Steve Liner. We'll be right back. 